This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Show with Braden Darius. This week we will be talking about the any of the FIFA World Cup, the NBA free agency, and the Cleveland Indians. So first, uh, with, without further ado, I want to talk about uh, the conclusion of this uh, FIFA World Cup this year. Um, the final game was on Sunday. Um, France uh, was victorious over Croatia 4-2 to uh, in the final match in Moscow. Uh, this is sec- France's second World Cup win um, from their previous one in 1998. Uh, the first goal was actually an own goal by Croatia's forward Mario Mandzukic. Um, however, Croatia were able to tie it up uh, within the half uh, at 1-1. However, uh, towards right before halftime, the uh, Croatians conceded a penalty kick via handball. Uh, bef- um, from Ivan Perisic, leading to an Antoine Griezmann penalty kick that was successful to put France up 2-1 to one at halftime. And then in the second half, half France just exploded with goals. Um, they scored two, uh, thanks to Kylian Mbappe and Paul Pogba. Um, Mario Mandzukic was able to uh, make up for his own goal at the beginning of the game. Um, however, what is not enough for the Croatians um, in the Croatian effort, uh, leading to France uh, winning their second World Cup title. The next World Cup is uh, four years, uh, like I said. It will be in t- 2022 uh, in Qatar. Um, the quali- uh, FIFA qualifiers for that World Cup will begin in a few months uh, due to the fact that the process ex- is extremely long and having to form groups and everything. Um, but in four years, stay tuned for more World Cup action in Qatar. Uh, congratulations to France, and we hope for another successful World Cup in four years. Now to start off talking about the NBA free agency so far this year, let's start off talking about the biggest one so far, which is LeBron signing a four-year, $154 million contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't understand this move at all. I, I understand that it was about family family came into play of his decision and he owned some houses out in LA already and you know he wanted I guess he saw something in LA that he didn't see here in Cleveland I mean I really think Cleveland would have been better for him at least this year because LA's a very young team and you know I think they have potential in the next few years but not this year or not next year I mean I think their young stars need to develop more, and I don't. And I don't think they're going to help LeBron much at like the Cavs did. For, uh, I do agree with you um, for uh, most of what you said. Uh, the one thing that I am um, not really seeing eye to eye on you with is how it Cleveland would have been a better option for him. But to to get on what you were uh, what you agreed with, I, like I said, I think because of, uh, last week I talked about how. Uh, Los Angeles, such a huge, it's the second largest metropolitan area in the country outside of New York City. Uh, this was obviously a huge business. This is more of a business decision than it was a basketball decision because now his market is just going, his 
market with Nike is just going to explode, especially the fact now it's in Los Angeles. Um, Basketball-wise, which is what I'm more interested in talking about, I agree. Even though they did add guys like Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, I talked about it last week, they're not going to beat the Warriors even with with that lineup uh, and those new added players. It's just not going to be enough. And I I don't even know if they're going to be able to get past the Houston Rockets because of the wonderful season that they just came off of um, this year. And, I mean, really, um, in the four years, that's I mean, four years is a long commitment. That's how long he stayed in his second run with the Cavs. It's a long commitment, and, you know, he's he's aging. This If he was in his early 20s, mid-20s, Maybe this deal would make a little bit more sense, but now to the fact that you know he's thirty, he's thirty-three years old, and he retirement is coming is coming upon him. I don't really see why he would make such a huge commitment to the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, if he if he wants to chase Michael Jordan and be the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, and going back to you saying they might not even get past Houston. Um, I think they might have a small chance of getting past Houston, depending on how they play together. I mean, Houston just lost Trevor Ariza. So, you know, I think they'll have a pretty decent amount of impact on them. But they did re-sign Chris Ball, and they have James Harden. So, of course, that dynamic duo is going to be problems for a lot of NBA teams. And for the Lakers, they have a head coach named Luke Walton. And, you know, I don't know how... He's LeBron's age, and for me, I don't see how he could lead this team to an NBA championship. Um, you know, they got the Warriors in the West, the Rockets. You know, you could even say the Thunder are going to be hard to beat. Um, they signed, they re-signed Paul George, and, you know, they have Russell Westbrook. But now they're talking about training Carmelo Anthony, and I think it's going to be hard for them to find a potential trade target for him. And with the Thunder... They just traded Carmelo Anthony earlier this week to the Atlanta Hawks for Dennis Schroeder. And who else did you say? Um, another draft pick. You know, I, I like that trade for the Thunder. You know, they get a pretty good guard in Dennis Schroeder. They got a nice backup guard uh, behind Westbrook, something that they really didn't have last year. Yeah, I think it adds more depth to their team. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I like the Thunder. Um, I think... They could go farther in the playoffs this year. You know, I think they had the Jazz were a tough team to beat last year. You know, I I think they're a little bit overrated, the Jazz, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And I think the Thunder, uh, back off that point, should have won that series. I don't think that the Jazz were the, um, the, I don't think the Thunder were the underdogs in that series. They lost in six games where they should have won probably in six games, if not five games, because a lot of hype was built into the Thunder and because of their record and because of their placing, they I think they were the overrated team. The Jazz we can get you know we can get to another day. You can get to another argument about them. They're to to me they're really an irrelevant team um, at this point. But the Thunder were the were the Goliaths um, of the West a lot of people thought because of all the three all-stars and how well it would work out but because of their record and then their underachievements in this previous playoffs and it's hard to really it's really hard to um it's hard to you know say how great of the season that they had 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I think they'll bounce back this season from mm-hmm. that tough playoff series loss. And, you know, we'll see how far they go. Now, another big move that I wanted to talk about is Marcus Cousins going to Golden State. I absolutely cannot stand this move. You know, what else does Golden State need? They already have Kevin Durant, Curry, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Myrie. I mean, why would you need DeMarcus Cousins? He's coming off an injury, so he probably won't even play the first half of the season. But, I mean, I don't see absolutely nobody being the Warriors now in the West. I think, you know, us being Cavs fans, it just makes that, that trade just makes us a little more annoyed and angry. Um, this is, this is, the the thing that irritates me in all of this is that DeMarcus Cousins took the least amount of money possible. He took $5.3 million. That, in NBA standard salary, is is nothing. And living out in a place, the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, it's not cheap out there. It's one of the most expensive places um, in California, if not the country, to live in. And to take, you know, $5.3 million, and like you said, he's not going to even be playing, he might not even be playing a decent proportion of the season, just like Isaiah Thomas did with the Cavs. Um, it's a little, it's a little bit worrisome. Um, but you know, you, you have the Warriors just uh, keep, you have to give credit to them in the point that they just keep going and they keep asking. But it's more, a lot more on the negative side. You just have to, I, you just have to ask yourself, why would Demarcus Cousins sign with the Warriors? Because the Pelicans were a success, were had a successful season. Although they lost to the Warriors in five, they only had Anthony Davis um, and Drew Holiday and a couple of other guys to help them through. They could have, got, I think, that they could have gone a lot farther if um, Demarcus Cousins was healthy and ready, paired with Anthony Davis. And you know, we we'll see if the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs this season, might turn out like the Thunder from this previous season. You know, with all those these big names in the lineup, all of these. Um, these major names, you know, we can ask, you know, will will they be like the Thunder? Will they have, you know, a sloppy record? Uh, will they finish first in the East? You know, how how are, how is all this going to play in? Because don't forget, the Warriors finished second in the East, or, or sorry, in the West um, this past season, um, trailing the only the Rockets. But still, you have to think that there might be some decline in the Warriors' season. Uh, in this dynasty, and uh, I don't think I don't know if Demarcus Cousins will even be playing for a majority of the season. Uh, we'll have to see, but in the end, I think it's just I don't think that Demarcus Cousins really is earning earning anything with the Warriors. They're just worst case scenario, you know, they they drop out of the playoffs. Um, but I yeah I don't th- I don't think it's fair for the league at all. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see them dropping off at all. I, th- I feel like they're going to be the number one seed in the West easily with these top four guys. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, I I think he'll make an impact or not, at least until the playoffs. I mean, they're going to get through, they're gonna get to the playoffs easily. We know that. And they're going to be the heavy favorites to win the championship yet again. And I don't see nobody in the West stopping them this year, not even the Rockets with losing Ariza. So I'm looking at the East this year, and I think the East got a lot better so far this offseason than what they were last year. And, you know, I really like what the like how all the starts are spreading out this offseason. 
I mean, it's just not, they're just not all going to Golden State. Like, the other day, um, Kawhi Leonard got traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, and I like that pick for Toronto. I think that makes him um, a great contender in the East this year. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, he was the best player on their team, and, you know, he's not a He's a good player, you know, he's a good leader, but he's just not good enough to take them all the way. And they have Kyle Lowry, too, who's, just, who's their other all-star who they still have. And then you bring in another all-star like Kawhi Leonard. And then Danny Green of the Spurs is also associated in that trade. So you have a quality 3 and D player, and then you know, um, Kyle Lowry in your backcourt. And along with Kawhi Leonard, assuming that he, you know, takes the challenge and actually wants to play for this team, even though he's not in... Los Angeles, but I honestly was not expecting uh, the Raptors of all teams to get Kawhi Leonard due to the fact they just fired their coach Dwayne Casey. But it's a it's a big step in the right direction for Toronto. Um, with LeBron now gone in Los Angeles, it opens a lot. Like I said, it opens a lot more doors for teams in the East, like Philadelphia, Boston, uh, Toronto. We just mentioned, and even Detroit, Miami. Uh, all these teams now have a fighting chance um, to get to the playoffs knowing that LeBron is not going to be in their path to get to the finals. Yeah, I think Toronto's like, for me, Toronto's the most interesting team in the East. And a lot of people probably forget that they they had the best record in the East last year. And they lost to the Cavs in four. But the addition of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green adds depth, and it gives them a true leader and a true MVP player on their team. And, you know, I think it's going to be a really close race for who's going to make it to the finals between Boston, Philly, and Toronto. My prediction is going to be Philadelphia or Boston, you know, Boston right now. But, you know, I think it's interesting because reports are coming out that Kawhi Leonard doesn't even, has no desire playing for Toronto. So I want to see how that plays out. You know, maybe I don't see them trading him at all. But next offseason is going to be interesting for him. I see him signing with the Lakers, teaming up with LeBron. And then I could see the Lakers continuing with the Warriors next year. Kawhi Leonard even stated that he's committed to doing something in L.A. So the only, the, yeah, like you said, the problem that a lot of Raptors fans are concerned with is that he's probably not going to stay. It's just probably just a one-and-done year, uh, see how well they do. But if they win it, now, it, making it, sorry, this makes it a huge championship or bust season for the Raptors because if the Raptors do win a championship, that changes the whole complexion of this scenario because Kawhi Leonard would have just been coming off of a championship and if you want to be part of a successful organization, you would stay with the Raptors. However, if they don't win a championship, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to find a way to leave the Raptors like he did with the Spurs and go to Los Angeles, whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers, that makes it a huge championship or bust season for the Raptors this year. Yeah, and even if they do win the championship, I just see him wanting to go to the Lakers and teaming up with LeBron James. I mean, I think that's his true desire before LeBron's career ends to team up with him. I mean, I, I see it happening next offseason. Well, the thing is, though, if they do win a championship, why would he? Why would he leave? I mean, LeBron with the Miami Heat won won, a, won his first championship. He didn't just desire to go back to Cleveland. And when he was uh, when he won the championship with the Cavs a 
couple years ago. He didn't just decide to leave right after, uh, right after that championship. And the, they, you know, these teams and these guys, they want to uh, repeat as champions. They want to defend their crown. So, if the Raptors do win a title, it wouldn't make sense for Kawhi to leave because he's with a successful organization um, that brought him to a championship, and it would. In this case, it would be necessary for Kawhi to defend the crown uh, that Toronto supposedly would win next season. But like I said, if they don't win, it's just that it's a foregone conclusion of what his future is. Yeah, my prediction is that they won't win the finals no matter what. No. And, you know, I think they're going to have a hard, hard time beating Boston. I don't even know if they'll. I don't think they'll get past Philadelphia either. I don't even think they'll. I don't even think they'll make the finals. Yeah, I'm interested in what Philadelphia is going to do the rest of this off season. I want to see if they are going to make a big move or something to help them make that final push to the East Finals. You know, they were really close last year, and I thought they were going to do it, but they were. But with those young players, they just needed a little bit more development, and they're right there. And I think that's going to. What is it going to be this year? They're going to be right there facing Boston in the East Finals, and, you know, we'll see how good they do this time around. I think they need to keep J.J. Redick because he's a vital part of their system. If we saw last season, especially in the playoffs, when he when he's hot and he's shooting the ball extremely well, there are very few in the NBA who are who are better shooters because he can, hit, he can hit tough shots. He's a quality shooting guard, and that's one of the positions that the Philadelphia 76ers lack on their roster so I think if they can keep him and then like you said acquire some more talent um acquire um you know really to have the rookies develop entering their first year they could uh, really pose a challenge to the Celtics who I think right now are the best team in the Eastern Conference we could agree to disagree but um yeah I think if they keep J.J. Redick that'll be a huge uh boost for them and it's definitely going to be he's definitely going to be vital um when the time comes to perform in clutch situations in the playoffs, especially. Yeah, and they locked up J.J. Dreddick earlier this offseason. Now let's talk about more about the Cavs. Obviously, LeBron left to go join L.A. for four years. So now we only have one man left out of the big three. Kyrie's gone to Boston. LeBron's gone to L.A. And we only have Kevin Love left. Rumors are saying that the Cavs are looking to trade him. But I don't see that happening just yet this year I want to see I think they're going to wait to see how they do first for a little bit of the season to see how they do without LeBron James um they lose Jeff Green to the Wizards and that's a quality player we lost um you know they're talking about training Kyle Corver for Jared Bayless so basically a swap with the 76ers and I don't think that makes sense you know I really like Kyle Corver and I think he's one of the best shooters in the league and, you know, I think that would really hurt us a lot. And, you know, right now, I'm, I mean, they re-signed Ch- Channing Fry mm-hmm. from our championship team. And him and Kevin Love are really close. I think that helps with Kevin Love st- wanting to stay here. And, you know, I don't think they're in a full rebuild mode yet. I think they, they're just like one big signing away or one big trade away from being able to contend in the East. I think that... Uh, yeah, they're de- they're definitely not uh, tanking. I mean, if you see the roster, that's not. It doesn't look like a team that would be tanking for the season, like the Mavericks or the Bulls or the Hawks. 
Um, but I definitely think that they will make the playoffs with this current current team because you have Kevin Love, who's an all-star, and then all of the other guys, like like you said, Corver, Jordan Clarkson, George Hill, Larry Nance Jr. Um, the, the, you know, these guys uh, can play well, but they, they really didn't prove themselves as much as they should have um, when LeBron was there. But now with LeBron gone um, in the West and leaving the Cavs, that opens a lot more doors um, for the players on the Cavs to really step up their game and prove to the NBA that they are quality players and then that they can all work as a cohesive unit not just rely on one person in order to be successful. I don't think that they're going to make the conference finals. Um, I think the best that they'll do is get to the conference semifinals and lose to one of the better teams in the East, uh, like the three of uh, Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto, uh, now with Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors. Um, but yeah, I think I def I would definitely keep my uh, head up high for the Cavs. We're definitely much more prepared um, for LeBron leaving than we were eight years ago when we were just in rebuild mode uh, for those four years until he came back. But now we we still have um, a champion. We have an um, Eastern Conference Finals contention, and with a lot more doors now open in the East, it's going to be um, it's going to be somewhat easier for the Cavs to be able to compete. Um, with teams. Yeah, and I really like our first round draft pick, Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. point guard from Alabama. He looked really good in summer league. Mm-hmm. He was named to the summer league mm-hmm. all first team. So I, I, I think he should be the starter coming into the season, and I think he would really help us a lot. And, you know, I don't think it would be easy for us to make the playoffs. You know, I don't think it's, it's not a for sure thing we're going to make the playoffs. I mean, who knows if, if we'll even have Kevin Love at the start of the season. I, mean, I think it's going to be hard, but I think this, if they do make the playoffs, I see it being a 6-7-8 seed. You know, I don't see us being 4-5 or five seed. And I don't even know if we're going to win our division. I mean, Indiana, Indiana, I think, is a sleeper team for this year. You know, they they almost beat us in the East Finals in the first round. They were the fifth seed, and they almost beat the Cavs. They took it to Game 7 with LeBron James, and the Cavs just squeezed that one out at home. So, you know, without LeBron on the Cavs, I think the Pacers are, you know, I think they're their favorites to win the division this year. I mean, even with Kevin Love, I think it's going to be tough for us to beat them. And like you said about the Pacers, LeBron needed to score 45 points in that Game 7 to barely squeeze out the Cavs by it was only a four point win for the Cavs. Um Victor Oladipo came off of a phenomenal season of the just the improvement that he displayed in um during the games from two seasons ago with the Thunder to now with the Pacers. It's just immense and you know we really have to give give him credit for, you know, all the pressure that he had on his back with the team. Um he was able to take it to a game seven and believe me, I thought that they really weren't I thought even no one thought they were going to do that uh, a lot of people thought the Thunder were going to have a much more successful season uh, because they were the two main teams in those tra- in the trades they made but it was actually the other way around the Pacers were a much more successful team um, even though both teams lost in the first round you would bet your money more on Indiana once you saw uh, the way they performed um, unlike Oklahoma City yeah and they know how and they now have one of the best shooting guns in the league in Victor Oladipo mm-hmm. like you said the thing is with Indiana now that they've they've lost Lance Stevenson, who's really their heart and soul of the team, 
and he, he was did very well for them when he came off the bench. So what I'm wondering with the Pacers now is how are they going to adjust with Lance Stevenson gone in L.A.? And you know, who who's going to replace him or what what kind of um, adjustments do they need to make? Yeah, I agree. And I'll have my predictions coming out later, closer to October, closer to the season starts for this upcoming NBA season. So um, I wanted to go off your point on saying how the Cavs it's going to be, it's not going to be easy for them to make the playoffs. It's not going to be, you know, the roller coaster, easy, relaxing ride that it was, um, you know, these last few years with LeBron, uh, with LeBron James. But if you think about it, who really is going to contend? The Knicks aren't making the playoffs. The Nets aren't making the playoffs. The Heat will barely make the playoffs. You have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, again, that's will they make the playoffs? They're probably going to push to like that seven, eight seed most likely. Um, well, there aren't too many teams in the East that can really contend. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, um, even with Tony Parker at it, they're not that nothing is going to change with them. They might be able to slot into the playoffs because now LeBron's gone. Don't forget, and with LeBron gone, those teams might be able to slot, you know, into lower seeds because of their rankings um but like i said if the Cavs with the current roster they have they're better than most of those teams i just mentioned if not all of those teams um on paper now performance wise that's for the that's uh for the season that we discuss um the upcoming season ahead but for now with this current roster i think that they'll definitely be able to make at at least a fifth seed um that or possibly even a fourth seed uh, and have home court advantage for only one of this for just one of the series that they have in next year's playoffs but the Cavs definitely I think will be able to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference because you know I've said this before I'll say it again it's one of the mo- it's extremely important because now with LeBron gone all of these teams like the Hornets you know Bucks Pistons all these teams now are going to be able to you know, get above that nine seed and get to that eighth seed, that seventh seed or that sixth seed, and you know, contend in the playoffs. Yeah, and like I said, it's gonna be hard to make the playoffs, obviously. But you know, I think we could do it as long as we keep Kevin mm-hmm. Love, and I think we can make. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge signing or a trade, but I think we can make one more move so we could be right there and ready to contend again in the East. You know. Obviously, I don't think we're going to make the NBA Finals, and I don't, I don't even think we're going to make the East Finals unless we face Toronto again in the second round. We've had Toronto's number the past few years. Well, that's because we've ran into, they've ran into LeBron. Now, if Toronto runs into the Cavs this season, it might be a completely different outcome because now that the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and all those other and all the other players that they've come off of with this season. Um, the Raptors might actually defeat the Cavs because the Raptors, you know, were more afraid of LeBron James as a more than the Cavs themselves. Um, therefore, I think that if the if the Raptors were to face uh, the Cavaliers in this postseason, the Raptors might just have the upper edge because LeBron isn't with them anymore, wasn't with the Cavs. And you know, I think that's going to make it a lot easier on Toronto for them knowing that they don't have to face LeBron in the playoffs, at least not until the finals if they make it there. 
but you know we still have a few more months until the season starts. The schedule hasn't even come out come out yet, and you know I'm I'm 100 sure there's gonna be more big moves to come. So there's gonna be a lot more for us to talk about. Right now, I'll be talking about the Cleveland Indians, who are 53 and 43 on the year, and they are four and six in the last ten games. You know I think the Indians are an interesting team this year. Um, you know they're coming off a ALDS loss to the New York Yankees last year, and that was a really tough one. They had a 2-0 lead, and they lost the final three games to lose in the playoffs. And the year before that, before that, they had a 3-1 lead to the Cubs in the World Series, and end up losing that series too. So you know, two tough years in a row of losing leads in the playoffs and being eliminated. Right now, they have an eight and a half game lead on Minnesota for first place in the AL Central. So right now, they lead the division. They're in first place, but they're ten games behind for the number two seed in the playoffs. So as of now, and what I think is going to happen, they're going to finish with a third seed heading into the American League playoffs behind Boston and Houston. Boston and Houston are both very good baseball teams this year, and I think it's going to be. A very tough. I think it's gonna be fun to watch the American League playoffs this year. With Boston, New York, Houston, Cleveland, and whoever else makes it. I mean, it's gonna be a very tough road to the World Series this year. But I think the Indians could do it. I think this is a a make or break year for the Indians. Um, you know, relievers Cody Allen and Andrew Miller are becoming free agents this off season. So who knows what will happen to them, but what does help is this huge trade that happened this past week. The Cleveland Indians acquired closer Brad Hand and reliever Adam Simber from the San Diego Padres in a trade which they traded prospect catcher Francisco Mejia. Mejia is a very good catcher and outfielder. And he was listed number 15 on the prospects list in the MLB. So I think that Indians definitely won this trade because they're trying to contend now and not later. And the Padres who got Mejia, they're trying, they're in rebuild mode, and Mejia is a great player to help them rebuild. And I think this trade definitely helps the Indians bullpen problems. They've had problems all year long, and. As of yesterday, they had the worst ERA in baseball with a 5.39 ERA. I've never seen the bullpen been this bad in a few years. And this trade is definitely helping. The Cleveland Indians now have Andrew Miller, Brad Hand, and Cody Allen as their top three bullpen guys. And my question is, who's going to be the closer for the rest of the season? Brad Hand or Cody Allen? I think it should go to Cody Allen who now is the all-time saves leader in Indians history. But, you know, Brad Hand definitely deserves that job, too, because he was the Padres closer, and he's a all-star. And speaking of all-stars, the Indians had six all-stars this season, and the last time they had six was in 1999, in the glory days for the Indians. This year, they Kluber, Lindor, Ramirez, and Brantley all were all-stars, Another time, while Gomes and Bauer were the first-time All-Stars for the Indians. 
and I really like what this team is doing this year offensively. And I really and I think it's definitely a lot for them to win the AL Central this year. Their offense is amazing this year. They're third in the American League in home runs and they're fourth in runs scored. I think that's a I think that is a great numbers for this offense who arguably for the bottom of the lineup is pretty inconsistent. You know, I really think they need to add one more bat before the trade deadline is up on July 31st in order to contend for that World Series title. You know, I like what we have right now. You know, an MVP caliber player in Jose Ramirez who leads the major leagues with 30 home runs. And we have Encarnacion, Michael Brantley, Francisco Lindor. So we have a lot of big-name players and a lot of clutch players who will be continuing to play good this season. But my qu- my only question is how far will we make in the playoffs? We'll have to go through Boston, Houston, or the Yankees, at least two of those three. And for me, I think we could for sure beat Boston. I mean, obviously they're a good team, but I think that's their easiest opponent to beat. And I really don't want to face the Yankees again in the playoffs. Definitely not in the ALCS. I mean, they have a huge power lineup, and I think it will be tough for us to beat them again. Unless our pitching truly steps up and our bullpen doesn't have any mistakes. Houston is one of the best teams in the league, and a lot of people could see them repeating this year for the title like that they had last year. But I don't see them repeating. I think they're a little bit overrated. They have probably the best starting staff in baseball, but their offense, I think, is going to slow down this season, this off season, the rest of the season, and I think the Indians could catch up to them and beat them. So I think it's going to be coming down to the Indians and Yankees in the American League for whoever gets to go to the World Series. I think it's going to be close, and you know I do see the Indians have better pitching right now, but who knows about what happened? We have. A good three months left of the season, including the playoffs, and we know injuries happen and trades happen and stuff like that. So, who knows what will happen with this Indians team? I really like where where we are at right now. The record is a little, is a little bit low, but we are for sure winning the division, making the playoffs, and you know, let's hope for the best. We'll be back very soon for another edition of the, of the Cleveland Sports Show with Greg and Darius. Thank you for listening, and have a good week.